This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Argyle Chat and certainly a happier office today off the back of Argyle's 1-0 win at Mansfield Town. Jack is still away celebrating somewhere, so to discuss that success and look ahead to another busy week at Home Park with me is Chris Errington. Hi Chris. Hello Stu. Yes, I hope Jack's enjoying his time off. Um, we're all, as you say, in a bit of a better mood after the, the win against Mansfield and as you rightly say, there's plenty going on at Home Park uh, and Argo over the next few days and weeks. Yeah, well, let's uh, crack on then and start by looking back at that win at Mansfield. Uh, we spoke last week on the on the podcast, Chris, about how it could be a potentially season-defining result for either Argyle or Mansfield. So to come away from Field Mill with a 1-0 win is not only a great result, but could it be that season-defining result for Argyle? Well, I think that's what all the Argyle fans are hoping for. And it, it certainly felt an important match on Saturday. Two teams that have underperformed at the start of the season and they knew the importance of that win. If Mansfield had, had come away with the victory, they would have moved above Argyle in the table and they would have felt that they'd got some momentum behind them. Instead, it was Argyle that took the three points. Um, yes, they're, they're still 12th, um, but you know that top end of the table is still pretty congested mm. at this stage of the season. And all it's going to take, all in inverted commas, two or three more wins in a row, something like that, and then you'll, you'll soon be back in the, the top six and closing in on top three. So... Um, a very important win for Argyle, I think that, and uh, some encouraging, uh, some encouraging aspects of it that we can discuss as we go along. Yeah, well, one of those, of course, mm. is uh, again we spoke about it last week. Argyle's <laughs> long wait for a win in September, yeah, and of course it finally came to an end. Yeah, thank goodness for that, because <laughs> I'd have had to write about it all again in twenty twenty. <laughs> so we'd we'd have all got bored of that, wouldn't we? So um, yeah, um, just one of those weird stats that you get in football, isn't it? From time to time, you know. Yeah. Um, that's how it works but uh, you know September the 27th 2016 was the last time that Argyle had a September victory so and uh, they almost didn't get it the 89th minute on Saturday uh, Andy Cook the former Walsall striker now at Mansfield came off the bench and had a great chance to, to equalise for, for Mansfield fortunately our goalkeeper Alex Palmer made a, a really important block save and uh, even after 8 minutes of stoppage time which always seems as though it drags on quite a while when it's eight minutes yeah. um, Argyle will able, able to see the game out certainly when you're defending a 1-0 lead yes. it feels like a long time yeah the heart so. sinks the heart <coughs> must sink when you see the ball go up and it's got eight minutes on it well, and to be fair with the amount of stoppages substitutions and bits and pieces I wasn't too unhappy with the eight but yeah, you were sort of half hoping it was like five or six at the most yeah absolutely mm. especially as you want to get back to Plymouth as absolutely, well absolutely yes <laughs> you know you've got yeah. a long drive ahead yeah yeah uh, we had a question from uh, Nick Tomlinson a good mm. friend of the show of course has been a, a guest of ours before um, mm. and we want to get you back Nick as well so you'll have to come in sometime and, and join yes. us as a, as a guest again yeah Mr PISC displays yeah man behind right. all the flags and everything at home park on match days yeah well he's saying it seems that like on Saturday Argos showed a more, uh, a more physicality mm. or more physicality I should say would you agree that in this division 
We need to show more aggression and fight as well as playing flowing football to get the results. Absolutely, Nick. Couldn't agree more. Um, it is a different league to League One, isn't it? I think there is more football played in League One than League Two, there, that's for there, sure. There is, and you know... I wrote about it in a in a verdict piece I did on on Sunday for the website, uh, and I do wonder if teams were looking at Ryan Lowe's Argyle as being fancy Dan fair players who didn't really like being on the receiving end of a few hefty tackles. Uh, you look at the games at Port Vale and at home to to Cheltenham, and yeah, I could be wrong, but it appeared that both of those sides were determined to get stuck into Argyle to use it the vernacular sort of thing and, and, and rough them up a bit and I was pleased to see Argyle respond on Saturday by doing the same to Mansfield uh, they ended up with six yellow cards you do run the risk of getting a player sent off I mean all three of the centre backs the three central defenders were all balked before half time so they're under a lot of pressure in the second half you know one mistimed challenge in the second half and you're down to ten men five bookings in 52 minutes you you are under pressure, but the the opposite side to that is that Argyle showed that they weren't going to stand on ceremony and, and let Mansfield bully them if they were trying to, or let Mansfield try and dominate them physically. They stood up for the for the fight, stood up for the battle, and I think that's important. And it was it was interesting that Ryan Lowe, without prompting in his post match press conference, said he'd seen another side to his players, and by that he meant standing up physically to it. And it, we also saw Conor Grant, the goal scorer, after the game, and, and he agreed that that was a side that we hadn't seen from Argyle and that we needed to see from Argyle. And yeah, Ryan Lowe proved last season at Berry that you can be promoted by playing good attacking football. But you and I both know, Stu, there are times in League Two when you go to games and you're not going to be able to play free-flowing, no. attractive football. Sometimes you have to dig deep, don't you? You've got to roll your sleeves up and mm. get stuck in. You've got to win the battle sometimes mm. before you can... Yeah. You have to earn the right to yeah. play football, don't you, sometimes? Yeah. And as, as I say, you have to try and win that and physical we, battle first. And as we go into winter, and perhaps some of the pitches deteriorate and the weather's not great and you're not playing in, you know, the greatest of settings and whatever like that, it's, it's yeah. almost more mental than... Ability-wise, at times, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. It's, as I say, you know, League Two, I, I do think, is a far more robust league than League One. And mm. you know, you see teams go up and like the likes of Coventry and Blackpool. Yeah, they're really playing a more expansive game now and able yeah. to play their football more so than yeah. when they're in League Two. So yeah, I, I do think you need to have that you know, that sort of seediness about you to compete first so, and foremost in League so Two. So it's good that Argyle show that they can do it. It's only one occasion. Mm. Well, that I mean, is going to be more, you know, with the, the away games like at Swindon coming up yeah. and, and Exeter not too far on the horizon. You know, you're going to have to stand up for yourself and show that you're not going to be a soft touch. And until Saturday, we hadn't seen that from Argyle. So that was encouraging. Yeah, I was going to say, it's something that we perhaps questioned about Argyle on mm. the podcast before, wasn't yeah. it? Where, you know, playing the likes of yeah. Cheltenham and Port Vale, yeah. where Argyle have been kicked about a mm. bit. Have Argyle got that silliness about them? Yeah. And on Saturday, it certainly sounds like um, that was the case. Mm. I thought the picture of George Cooper, yes. which um, yeah. you know, I'm sure everyone's seen it now on mm. social media, with a, mm. a broken nose, black mm. eye, that mm. epitomised mm. the result for Argyle. Yeah, it was. No one wants to see a player end up with a broken nose and two black eyes and look <laughs> in the state that George did. Um, but he was there in Argyle's penalty area, defending a situation when Mansfield had a corner and he's got a boot 
right in the nose and must have been very painful with blood around and you know that the black eyes and and everything um he went off to hospital to to get it all checked out and everything like that george cooper doesn't immediately strike you as well he's not a center back is he center backs are almost expected to have broken noses it comes with the territory doesn't it yeah george cooper is more of a flair player and the fact that he was back there and he's putting himself his body on the line that's encouraging. Um, Certainly when he's only a lone player as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Sound, so. um, I mean, it was an extremely high boot. I mean, I don't think Mal Benning, the Mansfield player, intended to hurt him. But when you have your boot as high in the air as that in a congested penalty area, you, 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 uh, you could easily make contact with an opponent. He was booked. I think he deserved to be because it, it was dangerous. But there wasn't any, you know, it wasn't, he was trying to score a goal. So yeah. it was no more than that. But uh, no, fair play to... Fair play to Poops, because that was... <laughs> when you saw the picture, he looked as though he'd been, been yeah, in the war zone, didn't he? <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah. it made me laugh when you say that, oh, we don't like to see that, it, mm. you know, pictures like that. But mm. the players put it on there and they get so mm. much kilos from it, don't they? Because it goes to show, you know, mm. the, the players are prepared to put their, their, themselves on the line and, we, and the fans love them for it. Yeah, and as football fans, I'm sure we've all said it about our teams. Oh, do they, they don't care. They don't, you know, they're not... They don't really it doesn't mean it to them and then when you see a player that's you know in broken the wars bones. broken bones yeah. like, you, you do realise you know that, that they it does mean a lot to them and uh, they're yeah. professionals at the end of the day absolutely so it's, their, it's their livelihoods it's their yeah. livelihoods it's very important to them yeah uh, one mm. change that um, Ryan Lowe made on Saturday which probably surprised many mm ahead of the game mm. was bringing Scott Wooten back into the team now he has come in for a lot of criticism from the Green Army over the last sort of season or so mm. um, but I guess he played his part as well on Saturday by keeping you know helping Argyle keep that clean sheet yeah uh, the Cheltenham game Josh Grant didn't have a, a, a great game uh, particularly for the first Cheltenham goal when Luke Varney scored with a free header when you know, uh, Josh you know looked as though he got him marked and then Varney slipped away from him uh, so Scott Wooten came into the team on Saturday. I asked Ryan Lowe about that after the game, and he made the point that we don't just pick teams on their performances in players' performances on games, but also on training. And that's one thing that we often talk about in the podcast is that sometimes we, as the media and the fans, might scratch their heads and say, "Well, why has the manager done that?" But one of the reasons, or one of the main reasons, yeah. and Ryan Lowe's <coughs> confirmed this, is that he sees them in training every day. Now, if Someone is doing well in training, and Ryan Lowe said that Scott Wooten was really good in training last week, and then he's knocking on the door saying, Gaffer, I want to play, I want to play, and he's showing that enthusiasm and desire to get back in the team, then when you've had a result like Argyle did against Cheltenham, which was extremely disappointing, you know, that opens a door for the likes of Scott Wooten to come in, and I, I thought he had um, a good solid game, all three of the central defenders rolled their sleeves up, got stuck in. Scott Wooten was booked, I think, as early as the 21st minute for um, yeah, a pretty poor challenge on Danny Rose, Mansfield striker. Uh, certainly let Danny Rose know that he was about. And uh, whether it's coincidence or not, League 2's top scorer hardly had a chance that day. You know? yeah. So sometimes it's part of a defender's arsenal to let the opposition striker know that you're about sort of thing. And uh, whether that was the case or not, maybe. Um, so yeah, he came in and, and did a good job. I do like the look of Will Ameson as the centre of the three central defenders. He's just got that steeliness about him that you, you, in a lead two defence. You just got that 
something about him. Yeah. I always hark back, and I apologise for younger listeners, but he's got that Mick Heathcote type quality, and the older listeners will know what I mean. Somebody that is he's going to put his body on the line. Somebody that's going to rally the troops around him. And I, I think he's really good. And uh, I've done a piece on uh, Monday morning about Argyle's uh, Player of the Month and the ratings that we do in Plymouth Live. And, and Will Ameson has ended up winning the uh, the uh, Plymouth Live Argyle Player of the Month award for what it, for what it's worth. <laughs> um, with um, with an average of seven point two five out of ten per game. And Considering that he didn't play any football for Argyle until the start of this month, yeah. that's a, that's an impressive introduction into action for Argyle. I think when you look at Argyle's promotion teams as well over the years, you know you speak about Heathcote there, mm. but then it was Coco back in yeah. the turn of the century, Sunny Bradley. Bradley more yeah. recently. So yeah. you know, and most promotion-winning teams mm. will have that yeah. sort of beast at the back. You know, just and, just someone that's is a leader, yeah. looks like a leader. You see him on the pitch. And although he's only played, what, four or five games for Arval, when you see him out there, he looks the part. Yeah. Well, it's no coincidence, mm. I suppose, that Argyle, perhaps this change in form, the slight upturn, I suppose, well, has coincided with him coming into the team. I know it's still it's early, early days, days, isn't it? But uh, the early signs are good from him anyway, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dave Roundtree, I mean, mm. he, he's a great photographer, as we know, and yeah. he really captured the emotion showed by Ryan Lowe at the end there, didn't he? And yeah. I think that picture... Mm show what that victory meant to, to Ryan Lowe as well. Yeah, it's, it's, Dave does get some great pictures and captures the emotion afterwards. There was, you know, lots of good pictures that I saw. There was, there was one of the, the management team, you know, at the sound of the final whistle, all punching the air and clenching their fists. Well, apart from Stephen Schumacher, who was stood there looking as though he was just waiting for a bus or something like <laughs> that. And I did see he replied um, to a tweet and said, Honestly, I was pleased, but just at the moment the picture was taken, he it didn't look too happy. He wasn't quite as happy as Ryan Lowe was, and John Lucas and Kevin Nanskill, and and then afterwards Ryan Lowe went onto the pitch and was punching the air, and uh, I did see him and the players walk across to the Green Army, and uh, you know Ryan Lowe's almost had a little mini run up, and then sort of swung his arm and punched the air, and fancy stuff that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, not a win. They always enjoy a win, but then when your manager is showing that sort of passion and uh, and you know excitement at winning a game of football, that really resonates with football fans, doesn't yeah. it? So, um, and I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier in the in the podcast as well, where it was such a big win because mm. you know if Mansfield had won, and we know yeah. the quality Mansfield would have, yeah, it it could could be one of those results where you know the season mm. goes one of two ways, really. I don't know if the listeners heard the school bell ringing there for the end of play time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could hear it ringing away there. So um, they're all lining up dutifully. So uh, waiting to listen to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So um, so yeah, it was it, it, some great pictures from from Dave and and Ryan was really uh, you know pumped up for that win. It, you, you can overstate the importance of games in September. I mean, there's still an awful long way in the season to go, but. That did feel like a game that Argyle really needed to stop the rot, get back to winning ways, and sort of, and not only did they get back to winning ways, but they, they showed that they're more than just a passing passing team, which, you know, hopefully will will stand them in good stead for the you know the weeks and months coming up. Yeah, and getting a result against one of the sort of I know Mansfield are struggling, but mm. I still think you look at that team and think they're going to be there or thereabouts well, you, coming you, into the you season. You do, but uh, there were some pretty disgruntled fans at the yeah. end of the game. I mean, they were playoff semi-finalists last season almost got promoted they've got a new manager and yeah there was there was 
not for family consumption. There were a few comments towards the end of the game which uh, which weren't too supportive, and that's frustration, isn't yeah, it? You know, and they they're now in a position they would never have thought they would have been at the start of the season. Certainly, when you look at the likes of you know they brought Andy Cook and Nicky Maynard off the bench yeah. for goodness' sake. Yeah. I mean, those two. I know uh, Nicky Maynard's been injured, but. Even so, to bring players like that off the bench is shows you the strength of squad that Mansfield have got. And yet, after eleven games of the season, they're they're a bit too close to the bottom places for for comfort. Well, welcome back to the second part of the podcast. Um, we ended the first half by speaking about Ryan Lowe and the passion he showed at the end of the game. Let's talk about one of his former clubs briefly, mm. Chris um, Berry. We saw last week a vote amongst well apparently it didn't go to a vote if you read what mm. the Atkinson chairman has come out and said um, a consensus I a think consensus it, yeah, yeah a mm. consensus where basically the League 1 and League 2 club or EFL clubs I should say voted against Bury being reinstated into the Football League next season mm. do you agree? well the, the theory was that could Bury have come back in at League 2 level uh, and then that would have balanced the EFL back to the 72 member clubs uh, rather than having to start you know, all the way down the ladder like AFC Wimbledon did, for example, who had to go down to, was it the Combined Counties League or something yeah. like that, and then had to work Newport, their way... Newport, there yeah. are a few clubs... They've all had it. to work their way back up through. Now, everyone has tremendous sympathy with Bury Football Club supporters for what's happened to their club. It shouldn't have happened, it's... It is a disgrace is what, what's happened. Um, but having said that, AFC Wimbledon had to go all the way down, start again, rebuild. What kind of precedent would that have set if they'd said, OK, yeah, we'll have Barry in at League Two. Um, sometimes, you know, you do need to sort of have situations in place where if other clubs start getting themselves in that position, they can't really be thinking, well, if the worst comes to the worst, the worst that's going to happen to us is that we'll be in League Two um, because you've got to run your club properly and yeah. sensibly and be financially astute and prudent. And we do not want any other clubs to end up like Barry did. And if you say to teams effectively, OK, if you get yourself into such a mess that you go out of business, well, you can still come in at League Two. I don't think that's right. I don't think it's right on um, well-run clubs in the lower leagues that maybe aren't having a tremendously successful time but they're being run properly and to their budget so why should they potentially drop out of League 2 into the National League when they're being run well yeah. because another club's trying to get back in having gone out of business is it fair on National League clubs that you know might not get a chance um, there's all sorts of connotations I mean it means one only one team is going to be relegated from League 2 this season is, is, is that, was that the only way they could have done it do you think I think so just in terms of, of the numbers I suppose mm. you could have looked at another club coming up from, from the National from League, the National League. Mm. but um, then it has comp- it has ramifications on the whole National League setup, mm. doesn't it yeah. and further down the, the pyramid system so I'm totally in agreement with you Chris I, I think you know like every other football fan I have huge sympathy for the Berry fans and what they've had to go through but ultimately Berry Football Club have been wrong in, in the way that they've been been mm. um been running really you know yeah. they've, they've invested way too much money than what they had and the success that they achieved as, as great as it was was done yeah. with, using players that were earning far more money than they could afford to pay them which in essence means they shouldn't have even been in in that division really so um there is that argument isn't it 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I can understand the the, the football the EFL clubs all you know voting or if they did vote, mm. we don't know exactly how it went, but you know, or not wanting Berry to come back into the league because of what it could mean for them. It's a bit of self-interest, but you yeah. can't blame them. Can no, you? they're looking no. after their own interests. If you're exactly. an owner of a of a of a League Two club, are you going to say, yeah, "Come back in Barry," and then what happens if your team ends up being one of the mm. two teams relegated and and Barry are in League Two and you find yourself in the National League? Yeah, if you're a Morecambe, for example, yes. a really well-run club, yeah. fights against relegation year, year after year after year. Yeah. I think you're well within your rights to say no. We don't want Barry to come back no. because it's you know it's it's a, it's a form of cheating, really. It's just yeah. another side effect of the whole Barry being extremely badly run over a period of time, yeah. uh, and it's put the EFL in a difficult position. But I think in this in this situation, I just I don't feel they had any any other choice. So yeah. it looks like uh, it's there's it's been agreed in principle that only one team will be relegated this season. I think there's going to be another meeting to to ratify that, but that's the way it, the direction of travel. I think was the uh, the line in the the statement put out from the EFL. So just one team team relegated. So it could mean towards the end of the season if one team did sort of drop away, which sometimes happens, doesn't it? That uh, there could be a few teams at the bottom end of the table with not a great deal to play for. But you know, uh, I think that's in the circumstances. It's it's the, the, the sensible option, I think. Yeah, and it's kind of strange when you look at League One as well, because obviously there's only going to be three yes. teams that come down from League One. Yeah. It looks almost certain as though Bolton are going to get relegated because they started the season on minus 12 yeah. points, and I think they're only up to yeah. about minus nine now, aren't they? So it looks as though, whereas you normally get four teams coming down from mm. League One, it's only going to be effectively two Bolton plus two more. Yeah, yeah effectively exactly. two, isn't it, really? So, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's caused a lot of knock-on effects, yeah, hasn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, let's just hope that... The EFL can, I think they do need to look at, you know, the fit and proper test and, mm. and finances and they need to use this as a sort of watershed moment and say, look, we, what we've been doing hasn't worked because a big, big club like Bolton Wanderers almost went. I mean, Barry, it's, it's tragic to see Barry go, but Bolton Wanderers weren't far away from going the same way and they're a huge club, or huge, a very big club, an ex-Premier League club and they almost went. So we need to start looking at, at rules and regulations to prevent clubs getting themselves into the difficulties that yeah. quite a few clubs have done uh, recently. I think that the galling thing as well is when you're a lower league football fan and you see how much money's coming into the Premier oh. League and how that money gets distributed, I know, I know. and you know, and you, you see clubs like Bury that are mm. you know, going out of business because they're a couple million pound in debt, and you think For surely there should business. be some sort of, yeah. of fund that helps. Mm football clubs in those situations I'm not saying yeah. you know throw all that money at Bury to save them and yeah. they're okay again but there needs to be something to help these clubs when they when they hit financial hardship I suppose it, it is crazy that you know take Bury there's some very very wealthy football clubs around there and the the, the haves and the have nots now yeah. I'm not saying Manchester City should, should bail out Bury because you know Bury have got themselves in a mess that's not Manchester City's fault but you're right it does feel when there's so much money in football must be some sort of financial safety net that you can put in place so that even if it means clubs have to be relegated with points deductions and whatever, the clubs still survive yeah. or, or can carry on in some way, shape Start or form. Um, I, mean, I guess this is a problem because the you know the Premier League is its own entity and the mm. EFL are a, a different Yeah, it's, it's, so. a, it's a difficult one, but um, yeah. it, 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 it can't carry on the way it has no. been doing because there's 
been too many clubs sailing close to the wind and unfortunately Berry have, have slipped off the map yeah. completely now but wherever they are next season let's hope that Berry Football Club yes. are playing football again next season no, that's for sure absolutely, absolutely. Uh, as we said earlier then a busy week at Argyle mm. um, not just on the first team mm. front but the reserves this week have got a particularly busy week haven't they yeah. Central League against mm. Bristol Rovers on Tuesday yeah. and then the Premier League Cup on Thursday at Home Park a home game against Watford Yep, so just to sort of set the scene for that, the Central League is obviously the, the reserve team competition. Argyle are away to Bristol Rovers. Not sure of the strength of the side that will be playing. With a few players potentially coming back from injuries, they might, might get a run out in that maybe. Um, and then on Thursday night, it's the Premier League Cup. Uh, if you recall, last season Argyle were in a group with Aston Villa, Bristol City and Derby. And, and did well. Uh, they, they gave a good account of themselves. It's an under-23s competition. Uh, you can play, I think it's three overage players and a goalkeeper if you so wish. Ryan Lowe's made it clear that Argyle will be playing an under-18s or very close to it, an under-18s team. Uh, they're going to have some good quality games. They're in uh, the same group as Watford, who are visitors on Thursday night. Uh, and they're also in the same group with Everton and Fulham. Uh, last season when they played Aston Villa they actually played Villa at Villa Park and that was a must have been a great occasion for the, yeah. for the young players a little disappointing to see that when Argyle play Everton away that instead of playing them at Goodison Park they'd be playing them at Southport's Hague Avenue on a Sunday night which doesn't quite have the same <laughs> allure does it? Not at all um, <laughs> no disrespect to Southend uh, but a Southend Southport, Southport. I should say, but you know, a Sunday night as well is a funny time to play a game. But uh, you would imagine a team like Watford, Premier League, London-based team, always going to have a good, strong academy, lots of talented players from that part of the world. I would think that we'll see some really quite exciting uh, players uh, lining up for Watford, and it's a great test for the Argyle first, second-year pros, um, maybe some of the apprentices as well. They beat Yeovil 2-0 in the previous round, the, the, the second qualifying round, to get to this group stage. Now they've got Watford, Everton and Fulham home and away, six games over the course of the season. And that'll be a really good test. And I, I would have thought that Argyle's young players up against Watford under 23s should be, a, should be a pretty decent game. So I know Argyle are at home on Saturday as well in the, in the league. But it'd be good to see a few fans turn up and one, see some of the Argyle youngsters, see the progress they're making. And two, yeah, there's definitely potential for seeing some stars of the future in the Watford lineup as well. Absolutely. And as we say, though, not just a busy week, but a busy October, really, for yes. Argyle. Yeah. Um, back to the first team. Mm-hmm. Three home games mm-hmm. against Gunthorpe, Carlisle and Orient, with mm-hmm. uh, two away at Swindon and Exeter. And that's only in the league. There's the mm-hmm. EFL trophy as well, of course. Correct. They've got uh, Swindon away in the, in the trophy and Chelsea under-21s at home. So October is going to be a busy month. Yeah, some, some good games to to look forward to the two away ones obviously stand out because they're what you would call an in inverted comma well Exeter is a local derby and Swindon is getting a West close. derby a West Country <laughs> yeah, derby isn't it and you know Argyle have already sold over 2,000 tickets that's for that incredible game. Yeah. And, and the game's still a little bit away so you know to be taking at least 2,000 fans to the county ground um, uh, that's going to be a good occasion unfortunately the away end at, at Swindon where, the, where is, is or one of the parts where the away fans goes is is uncovered, goal. so yeah. you, it's not always easy to make create that amount of noise when 
there's no roof and and what have you. The the seats as well, which uh, some fans will be in as well. But uh, so those two, you know, the two away games are uh, are interesting to look forward to. And of course, Scunthorpe coming up on on Saturday. They were of course down only as recently as May, weren't yeah. they, for that uh, yeah. that pivotal moment in both clubs' history. I mean, it's incredible to see where Scunthorpe are. You know. Mm. I think many people expected them to go straight back up yeah. this season. So certainly mm. on paper, at least, it mm. looked as though they had a fairly decent yeah. score about them. But um, one win in 11 so far, are you surprised to see them? Very surprised. Where they are? Very surprised. I mean, if Argyle had appointed Paul Hurst as their manager, I wouldn't have been disappointed. I thought, you know, the, the record that he's had uh, at previous clubs, he looked the right fit, you know, in terms of young, modern, forward-thinking manager. Obviously, Ryan Lowe fit, fits that bill as well, and Argyle went with him. Uh, Paul Harris went to Scunthorpe. He thought he would go in there and do a really good job. The, there seemed to be good players in the squad, and then players were added. Jan Songo is one of those players that was uh, uh, moved to uh, Scunthorpe after leaving Argyle in the summer. Uh, they've been in the Championship not that long ago. They've got uh, an ambitious chairman who comes from Plymouth, Peter Swan. Yeah. Uh, you would have thought that Scunthorpe would have been right up there. Um, there is always the danger, I suppose, when you're relegated that you, you do have that hangover effect, maybe. Uh, but you would have thought with a change of manager, change of players, that might not have been an issue. Not having seen them, it's difficult to say, but they've got some good players. Yeah. Uh, you look down their squad list and to see them sitting, was it, 23rd in the table at the moment is a, is a, is a big surprise. And it's one of those games where people are going to, you're going to turn up on the day and people are going to say, oh, I'll should win this one. Scum thought the twenty third of only one one should win this one, and and that's possibly true. But if there's any shred of complacency, there's there's quality yeah. players in that Scunthorpe team, and you, you know, I'd have thought one of the messages for Ryan Lewis this week to his players is ignore Scunthorpe's league position. Don't treat them like a twenty third in the table team. If they click, or if they have a good day, they are capable of much better than that. So I'd be a little bit wary about Scunthorpe. Albeit, I'm glad that Argyle are going into it off the back of a, a of an encouraging away day win, and so that really gives them that incentive themselves to go out there. Right, let's put a win on the board against Scunthorpe, and then we're starting at Scun. Then we're starting a busy period of fixtures, which we've just discussed with back to back wins, and yeah. then that might be the springboard that Argyle need to sort of get their season really going. So, um, another another important game. They're all important, aren't they? Of yeah. course, but. Uh, one player that's not in the Scunthorpe squad, of course, is uh, Josh Morris, who's... Yes. <laughs> I'm sure he would have had a few boos had he been coming back with Scunthorpe, but yeah. uh, he obviously left and I can't remember where he went now. He, he went to Fleetwood. Fleetwood. So he's right, playing yeah. in, in League One. Yeah, Josh Morris, if you remember, when Argyle played Scunthorpe the last day of last season, both teams were relegated. Argyle were leading, weren't they? And then Matt Macy kicked the ball out of play to, to get treatment for injury and... Uh, the ball didn't go out of play and Josh Morris was out near the touchline and looped the ball into the far corner and made it 2-2 and bedlam ensued <laughs> and uh, uh, we ended up speaking to Peter Swan, the Scunthorpe chairman That's after right, the yeah. game who basically you know, apologised on behalf of his club for, for what had happened and yeah, if, if jo- uh, Josh Morris was playing for Scunthorpe on Saturday I think there could have been a bit of uh, yeah. Um, yeah. a few comments uh, headed in his direction but now he's gone off to Fleetwood and there's been quite a few changes at Scunthorpe since so it's a little bit of a talking point, but there's so many people going to be involved on Saturday, both in managerial roles yeah. and on the pitch, that are different 
for men that it's not really going to have that. No, it's only the fans that will probably remember. The fans will remember, yeah. <laughs> yeah remember there might be so. a few a few comments going backwards and forwards between the fans here, yeah, absolutely. Indeed. Right, well, that's all we've got time for this week. Chris, thanks as ever for thanks joining you. me on the podcast. Thank thanks for you out there for listening as well. Be sure to join us next week for more of the same. Bye-bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.